This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Grapevine Studies. On this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, we'll be talking about being disorganized, what it means to kind of get a grip on being an organized homeschooler, and a little practical help for those of us who feel like we're drowning in household and homeschool organization. 32 bags of them. And does that seem reasonable? My whole life is unreasonable. It's been unreasonable for so long, I, I don't know what to do. Okay, I get that. I get that. We're not talking about the kind of disorganization that puts you on Dr. Phil's show. We're just talking about simple things like, how do I get a schedule going or, or a basic flow chart to my day? Or, or how can I find the math book that's always missing? This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Well, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We're sitting in the studio on a cool, crisp December morning. And uh, how are you doing, Kench? I'm doing well. I feel like uh, I'm totally disorganized <laughs> whenever Christmas hits, you know? Oh, that's funny because that's our topic today. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's not, I probably am not, but it feels like it because, you know, I have this very full plate, like the homeschooling the kids and the homemaking and there's writing and, you know, what, we all have these full plates and then, oh, let's dump Christmas on top of the full plate. <laughs> yeah, really, that's a that's a horrible attitude. Let's dump I Christmas. I mean, <laughs> I you know, know, we've spent years saying that between November and December, we celebrate the Advent. So we yeah. anticipate the celebration of the coming of Christ in, yeah. in our house. And there are years like this where you're doing choirs and podcasts, and I'm trying to finish up a business year and Christmas parties. Uh, it's crazy. But hey, we're here together again. We're sitting in the studio. Do you have anything hot to drink? I do. little little yeah. uh, tea tea, have some coffee. Uh, we, we're continuing in our series. I love homeschooling, but. but. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about some some fun ones so far, and we've had some great feedback. Yeah. So first we did, I love homeschooling, but my kids are with me all the time. And then we talked about homeschooling, but hating to teach a subject, or specifically we we're talking about math. So we've hit on some good ones, and there's been some good feedback as well. I think we love homeschooling, most of us, or we're really glad we made this choice because I don't think you'd make this choice lightly. Um, but there are just some tricky things, and one of them can be a total lack of organization in the homeschool. Yeah, and that's our topic for today. But before we get into it, why don't we pause for a minute and listen to our sponsor for today's show? Hey, hurlers. If you're like us, you love to teach your kids about the Bible. Now, we love to just read pure scripture to our kids. But if you've ever wanted to get the scripture into their hands and make it real and practical for them, do we have a suggestion for you? 
Great Find Studies uses stick figure drawing to study topics like biblical feasts, the birth of Jesus, Esther, Joseph, resurrection, and Ruth. Hey, you know, the great thing about it is it's not one lesson for the whole family. I mean, your preschooler is going to be able to draw some pictures, your middle schooler, your elementary school, your high schooler, and here's the deal. Kendra, even you get to draw pictures with your kids. Yeah, even the non-artists. And you know what, Fletch? We've done this with our kids who were 16 down to four at the time, and everybody really loved this one. Yeah, folks, let me tell you, if you just know how to draw a stick man with a thermometer in his mouth (laughs) on a tightrope standing in the middle of a bunch of leafless trees, you'll be able to do really, really well at this program. Grapevine Studies, stick figure through the Bible. Hey, that's two episodes in a row, Kendra, where your favorite musician was played as a clip prior to us talking. She is one of my favorites. That's Sarah Groves, and that song is Setting Up the Pins. And you can find that where? Oh, iTunes, yes, or at sarahgroves.com. Well, we're talking about I love homeschooling, but I'm totally disorganized. I love that clip at the beginning from... Dr. Phil, where he had the hoarder on his couch. Uh, You know, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about crazy people walking around in fuzzy-headed rabbit slippers and pajamas all day because they're just so disorganized they can't do life. Right. No, that's not what we're talking about at all. And actually what I've learned over the years is there tends to be sort of three groups. One would be the that, you know, the like, I can't even get myself out of bed at all type disorganization. And then there are the people who, you know, have a sense of of organization. It may be stacks of paper. It may be, you know, whatever it is, it's, they know how to get to things and they know sort of how the day is going to go. And then there are people who are just uber organized. Everything has a place, everything. And that's their focus. And what I find with homeschooling moms in particular is you could be any one of those things, but you throw three, four, five or more children into the home and then homeschooling and suddenly you thought you were organized and <laughs> suddenly you're not so organized. Yeah, and what we're talking about on this show, right, is the I love homeschooling, but I'm totally disorganized. So let's get real here. One of the things we talk about a lot on homeschooling in real life is being real. And in this case, I really want to hear from you because you shared some good ideas with me prior to going live on living in freedom. Yeah. Now, what what does that mean to you? Yeah, so one of the things that we find about living in freedom in Christ is that he has created each of us differently. So what I may be able to handle uh, is not what somebody else can handle in a home or a homeschool. And by that, I mean... I, I can't do visual clutter. Visual clutter drives me crazy. It makes me feel like I can't accomplish what needs to be accomplished. So nine days out of 10, I walk into the schoolroom and it is, you know, like a bomb has hit it because I have these, like, again, remember we talked about three little kids who my goal is pick up after yourself. That's our goal this year. And so I walk into that mess and I can't even think, Fletch. Like, I, I can't even sit down and and teach history or watch somebody do their math. 
Now, can I ask you a question? Let's just get real. Is this your issue at this point? Yep, this is my issue. And that's what I was going to say. This is not every woman or every man. You know, there are people who can function in so much visual clutter and they love it. Like they they thrive in that. Yeah, so that same schoolroom that you just said looked like a bomb came off. Another woman would walk in there and say, Hey, it hey, is that's our schoolroom. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I just want to clarify for our listeners that when you're saying that, you're you don't literally mean like there is just stuff. Like you can't walk in the no, room. No, I'm not talking hoarders. I'm just saying No, you're for saying me, for you. There's right. a level okay. of disorganization and junk everywhere that that creates a block for me in being able to function well. That's only me and maybe, you know, another handful of people. So I think where freedom and the gospel comes into this topic is to be able to say, what what allows me to do the job that we need to get done here, which would be, you know, educating our kids and maintaining a reasonably clean home and hygienic, you know, no, no mice <laughs> running rampant and things like this. So what allows me to do that within the way that God has created me to be? So the reason we wanted to start off with this um, angle to organization is so that you are free to realize that your home doesn't need to look like mine or your organizational system doesn't need to look like mine or the person next to you. There's freedom in all of this. I'm telling you what, you know this, Fletch, my parents live in a home that's like straight out of Architectural Digest and it looks perfect all the time. Um, that's never going to be our reality. And that's okay. And it's okay that that's the way my parents like it. It's not okay if that's my always my goal, but I've got 10 people and eight of them are you know under 21. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. Your parents are two people. I mean, right. since, pretty much since we've been a couple, yeah. your parents have been two people. Exactly. So for the last 25 years about, um, and I, I can remember I had a funny picture. You remember, I mean, I love, yeah. love your folks. I'm not poking fun um but i have a picture of the garage and in the garage there's a, a fridge and on top there were uh, eight perfectly lined up bottles of clorox right and i said that that is it's just an analogy like, yeah analogy and then my other favorite story is uh kendra and this is for our listeners don't tell her mom because i'll get in trouble um you know she has a perfectly sterile white bathroom yeah. guest bathroom with white towels to wash your hands right and white soap and white everything and a white rug and you know i take three little boys in there to wash their hands when they were little. I'm like, oh, we're just going to destroy this place. These are the boys that pee on the wall? Yeah, so then what I decided to <laughs> yeah. do is, hey, guys, just pee wherever you want to. Let's give the cleaning lady something to do this week. So we, you know, <laughs> just like just like openly pee around that bathroom. Right, exactly. You know? No, I actually walk into that bathroom and I shove that little white rug to the side because I'm so afraid to step on it. <laughs> but, you know, let's talk really quickly. Let me let me poke you for a second, Kench. We, we need some level of organization. Oh, yeah. And that's the point here. Like, we want to equip our or listeners who are feeling like they're drowning in disorganization and give you some some tips and ideas and some ways to maybe go about this. But we also want to just squarely center ourselves on freedom that says, you know, um, you don't have to have the the beautiful schoolroom that's completely decked out in perfect Ikea and cute and everything's framed and stuff. Like I really chased after that for a few years. And then I just gave up because, you know, I had this brain injured baby I brought home and I had then his brother who was 14 months older than him. And then there were teenage boys. And I mean, my reality was never going to match that of somebody who had this beautiful schoolroom. you know, at least online they did. Kenj, let's talk about the, the person that saw the title of this podcast mm-hmm. and said to themselves, oh, I, I just can't homeschool. Because yeah. I can't get my act together. Yeah. Um, should we tell that person, 
that they shouldn't homeschool? <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. Um, but I would say, you know, if this is your heart's desire is to homeschool your kids, um, at least for this year or for this semester or for, for this season, in, for your this life, season yeah. in your life, then you, you probably do need to get a grip on some areas. Um, but realize where you can have freedom too. And here's the thing about organization it actually frees us up. So if you're a free spirit who likes to just kind of go with the day and then, you know, we get up and, oh, my kids wanted to study Air Force One. So we went on YouTube and we watched Air Force One videos and then we decided we'd make cookies. And, you know, if that's the way you like to do things, what I would say to you is that if you could gather yourself some sort of an organizational system to make sure you're getting what has to get done, finished, then you're free to be that free spirit. You see what I'm saying? So like if you say to yourselves between 8 a.m. and noon, and this is not a hard, fast rule, Fletch. I'm just giving an example. So from 8 a.m. to noon, we're going to cover, we're going to get, you know, our math done and we're going to get this done. We're going to get that. These are the things that have to be accomplished. We've got to clean toilets or we've got to, you know, make, make sure dinner is in the crock pot or whatever it is. Then once those things are sort of checked off and finished, you're free. So you, the free spirit now can go and, you know, be creative and, and hop in the car and go do things or whatever it is you need, you want to do, you know, go, go for the delight directed stuff with a clear conscience in freedom because you're like, okay, well, we finished what we needed to finish. Otherwise, if you're that mom who loves to like sort of deal with, you know, live in chaos and live in, in the moment and all that kind of stuff. Then you come to the end of the day and you're like, dang, we didn't, you know, and we're three weeks behind in history and we're four months behind in math. And that that's not freedom. That's then bondage. You know, this is lining up to be a great conversation. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come right back with some more uh, great stuff. This is Carol Topp from the Dollars and Cents Show podcast. You're listening to Homeschooling in Real Life. When you're done listening to Fletch and Kendra here, why don't you head on over to the Dollars and Cents Show where I talk about something of interest to everybody. That's money and also a big old dose of common sense. I'll talk to you about uh, running a micro business, managing money, career exploration, and sometimes tips for running a homeschool organization as well. Hi, I always enjoy listening to Fletch and Kendra, and I hope you'll enjoy the other podcasts here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. You can find us at iTunes as well, and I, um, I hope you'll consider dropping a great review both for all the work Fletch and Kendra do here at the Homeschool Real Life Podcast as well as my show, Dollars and Cents. Thanks, everybody. Find one little corner, put it in order, stay there till you feel like you're alright, then look out to the others, soon you'll discover the peaceful little corners of your life. You know, Kendra, before we went to that break, you said something that made me think during that break about uh, a topic that I think... Um, can, can really help our, our listeners get this. And it's that of freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Organization brings freedom. And I was thinking about in light of a budget, you know, when, when spending is out of control and you're at church and someone says, Hey, we need some money for the missionary fund for this young couple going to Africa. And you say, oh, I'd love to give to that, but man, my, I'm in debt and my spending's out of control. 
when we bring organization to our finances and we budget for things like that, suddenly then you say, oh, I have the extra $25 or $50 that I can give. You see that organization to a budget brought freedom that you didn't have prior. And I hope that's a good example for our listeners. Right. Yeah. Well, and I would say, you know, in terms of a homeschool schedule, what is it that's important to you? To us, our summers are golden. We just don't want to give up our summers. Yeah, right. You think our our listeners don't know that? We're (laughs) we're summer people. I know. It's a little ridiculous. But but, so my point is, I want to be done, done by mid-May. Done. So that we can just totally enjoy the summer and then hit it again at the end of August, you know, September when we're starting school up again. I don't want to get to May and be like, oh, we didn't finish those last 17 chapters of science, you know, or we didn't. And um, so again, freedom in sort of having a plan and whatever that looks like. Um, I'm going to be including in uh, some of our blog posts that we'll put in our show notes how to create a flow chart. You know, that works better for our home, even though I'm uber organized or I love, you know, I love the spices alphabetical. Yes, my spices are alphabetical, you know, and I, I love l- to thwart <laughs> the spice, alphabetical spice thing. I love oh, to put cardamom down by uh, um, when are you using pepper. cardamom? <laughs> No, I just like to go in there and take the cardamom and put it down by white pepper and then maybe take the rosemary and put it up by uh, licorice bark. You know what, Fletch? I'm twitching. (laughs) Twitching over here. Um, Yeah, so the point being that a flow chart works for us better than um, something that's rigid. I just was a mean mom when we went to that rigid like, Every half hour we're doing this and then we're switching and then, oh my gosh, finish up your math because it's 1030 and we need to be on, you know, literature or whatever. So... Um, a flow chart can work better sometimes in a home if you want to be a little more relaxed um, about it, but still get things accomplished. Meal planning is big in this. I always say that, like that seems like a funny thing, you know, as homeschoolers to talk about meal planning, but it's yeah, three meals a day suddenly, you know, it's not packing a lunch and sending them off to school. It's I got to have lunch ready. And at you the are house. the hottest cafeteria lady I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> is that a pun? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> You know, Fletch, we've got a lot of uh, young homeschooling moms who listen, uh, but we've also got some dads. And what do you have to say to them about this topic? You know, uh, one of the things I like to do on this podcast is encourage our listeners to go grab their husbands and to share a set of earbuds with them. Because if you're sharing earbuds, you're close. And it's like intimate podcasting. So go grab your husbands. I think um, I have two things I want to say. First, um, if your wife is a clutter nut and you're the bean counter in the relationship, if you're the, you know, the accountant, and if you're the guy that needs every penny um, to balance in everything, you know, I have a, I have a category in our QuickBooks, it's called uh, WITTB, and it's a category I use for what it takes to balance. When I just can't find those extra 40, 50 cents, uh, I do that. I know that would send some people up a wall, probably my wife included. Um, but, it, you know, if you're the bean counter in the relationship and your wife's a client, you know, one thing you can do is actually uh, help, maybe support, come alongside. Um, and, and what I was thinking is maybe just picking uh, top three things that are really important and maybe as a couple – discuss what those are. You know, we have, I have a very good friend who's been on the podcast before and his whole concern was what? A clean 
kitchen counter. Yeah, he actually told his wife that if they could just have the kitchen counter neat and tidy when he got home from work, he would be fine with everything else a mess. Which, you know, that that was his one little thing. But, you know, become her cheerleader, become her support, and see where you can use your strengths and her weaknesses to kind of come together and maybe just pick those things. The other thing is if you are just so bound and determined to have order and structure maybe what you need to do is like that introduction song um find one little corner uh that's a a song from a family friend and great musician out of nashville named john trost and we're gonna have a link uh on our show notes right to johntrost.com for this song called one little corner i'm gonna play it again right now just this little clip Just find one little corner, put it in order, stay there till you feel like you're all right, then look out to the others, soon you'll discover the peaceful little corners of your life. Maybe you just need to find one little corner and put it in order. Maybe it's the garage for you. You have a space out in the garage, your man cave, whatever you want to call them. Maybe that's where you have organization the way you want it. You know, your hammers and drawers, your screwdrivers and drawers, your nails and drawers. Okay, I'm not that guy, so I don't even know what to, I don't even know how to give you an example of what that is. (laughs) But you have one little corner, don't you? I, you know, in our house, I do. I do have one little space that's mine that I just, I have a note on the office door that says, please don't come in, mm-hmm. you know, because I want uh, our recording equipment to be left alone. I want knobs not You to want to actually touched. be able to find things. Yeah. And yeah. when we sit down to podcast, I don't want to go back through all the sound check again. Right. Because, because Mighty Joe was in here playing with the volume knob. So <laughs> right. yeah, that, that's, that's one. The other side is um, if your wife is the organizational Nazi... Um, or as I like to call it, Kendra, and um, oh. <laughs> and you're the one that um, that's you know maybe a little more. Oh, what, what's a good word for me? Normal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> relax. You owe me like a chocolate dessert tonight. <laughs> no, my my point is sometimes you might need to come in, and I'm not saying, hey, take your organization and throw it out the window. That's never what I would say to you because your organization helps our family. You would never say that to me because then it would hurt our sex life. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe. You're so funny. Uh, I would never say that to you because I love your organization. It works for us. Um, and and I'm just not, that's not my strength. I mean, I can remember one time coming home from work and I looked at my desk and there was this like basket from some fancy <laughs> basket company and Kendra said, I put all your stuff in this basket for you. And I was like, hmm, oh, Okay, you know, and for years that basket stayed on my desk until finally I said, you know, the basket doesn't work for me. Um, I'm a, see, the basket's gone. I know, I'm looking, I'm like, where, yeah, where'd the basket go? I don't like the basket. Where did you put it? I I moved it. I think it's at the office. I will take that basket and do something else with it. But, you know, for me, I'm just, I have my own little organization and I try and keep, I try and understand Kendra's desire for visual clutter and, and deal with my own that way. But here's what I'm saying. Sometimes you need to intervene and say even what I've said to you, and that's what? Relationships over projects. Oh, yeah. And that's the lesson in this that I've needed. You know, I, I love a project and I love to get things done. That is, <laughs> productivity is is an idol for me. And over the years, you've had to 
and you've really led by example in this, that really connecting with kids and the relationship trumps beautifully organized CDs or videos or (laughs) what else do I organize ridiculously, right? You know, or it just trumps having to leave the house perfect when you leave it to go do something, you know? And it goes right back to you. Find one little corner. Right. That's yours that no one destroys. Yeah. And that's so, such a small corner now. Yeah, it is. It's I like mean, my nightstand. Yeah, really, that is. And, and <laughs> yeah. let's be real for our listeners right. who think like, oh, our bedroom's going to be kept in order. No, our bedroom's not in order. Our bathroom's yeah. not in order. Even my shower. Half the time I get in the shower, all my soaps have been dumped out because right. someone's been in there yeah. showering. Well, and if you live in a small home, organization is really tricky. I mean, we live in, right now, we live in a very large home. Our our issues are opposite. It's, you know, cleaning all of these spaces that is hard. But if I remember living in... Um, 800 square feet, 600 square feet when we lived in San Francisco with a baby. And that's so hard to keep things organized because there just isn't the space. And I know a lot of our listeners are in that situation, little tiny houses and trying to keep things tidy. And, uh, you know, what's really the root of all of this? I love what you shared, Fletch, because you talked again about it really comes down to freedom. That's the root of this. Being organized or having some sort of a system that works for you and your husband and your wife is going to bring freedom. All right. And the last thing I want to say, just maybe for husbands or you know, husbands and wives, um, is in at homeschooling in real life, we always talk, we try and just talk about being real. You know what? Get some help. If you need some help in this area, get some help. You're You're not weak. You haven't you know, and I mean both sides. If you're the organizational Nazi or if you're the clutter nut, get help if you need to kind of balance and come back to center. Yeah. It's okay to get help. Now, let me tell you one thing. The opposite of help is Pinterest. And maybe you need to walk away from those comparison social media sites. Yeah. Really good bloggers. I mean, I we, we remember, I can remember these homeschool bloggers uh, that I've I've laughed at over the years because it's just sterile white pastels in every picture, and I'm like, we're just not that, um, you know. But we're also not camo grease blood boys out in the, you know, the orchard. You know, we're not either of those. Yeah, we're, you know, kids that play with Legos. You know, or, you know, stuff like. So my point is, some of those things. When I'm saying get help, get help, and and avoid the things that are causing you grief. Like, right. I'm not like this person next door. Right. And I'll tell you, you mentioned Pinterest, but my mom has had to to stop getting magazines that caused that for her. I mean, like she realized that it, it they just fueled, you know, her natural inclination to be organized and tidy and have things beautifully situated. Are you telling me your mom put an end to Martha Stewart's magazines. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh and there's nothing wrong with those. There's nothing wrong with Pinterest. There's nothing wrong with oh. the magazines. But I will open one of those magazines or I will get on Pinterest and start to feel this like, you know, this sense of urgency like, oh my gosh, I got to get this done and I got to do this in the house and we've got to get this done. And that's when I realized, whoa, wait a minute. Let's take a step back here because what it's doing is starting to wrap me up in that bondage. And what you were talking about, Fletch, I think goes back to the whole idea of freedom. You know, organization in some method, whatever you find as a balancing um, agreement between, you know, the bean counter and the, the person who loves the clutter, that's where freedom will be found. 
Kenj, I know this is a favorite topic for you. I mean, you I can know. hear it in your voice because you are the organizational queen. Can you maybe share some of your favorite resources? Yeah. Um, you know, that's funny, <laughs> the organizational queen thing. Because I love organization and because I love that stuff, I have read so many things over the years. You know, I even um, recently bought an HG. HGTV organizational magazine, you know, because it's just my thing. I love it. So, oh my gosh, I know, I know. Are you kidding me? I know. I'm just let me just give you a visual of our office right now. It's a mess, (laughs) but it's Christmas time. It's totally clean and organized. No, it's not. Okay, well, maybe to you it is, but to me, it's very much not. Actually, you know what, Fletch? I'm looking at the bookshelf, and yours is messy, and mine is tidy. I know, but I do you want something on my bookshelf. I can tell you where it is. And that right there is the point. You can, you can, and that's okay. So, okay. So back to resources, two that I've really loved over the years. One would be Organizing from the Inside Out by Julie Morgenstern. And the reason I love her stuff is that she's, she very much speaks to your bent or your, um, personality. So if you're the person who just loves to keep, you know, every single newspaper back to 1975, then she's going to help you work with that rather than saying, well, you must just get rid of that. That's clutter. You know what I'm saying? So that's not my personality to keep stuff like that. But if that has sentimental value to you or you, you know, that's the kind of person you are, you want to live amongst the stacks of books and the, you know, all the stuff, then she helps you work with that. Um, And that's why I love her stuff. The other one would be the new one written by Mary Joe Tate, which is called Flourish Balance for Homeschool Moms. Oh, I'm telling you, I really, really like this book. And now, I we've love, had Mary Jo on as we a have, guest. We have, and I'm not doing a sales pitch here. I love this book. She speaks to right where we homeschooling moms are and to all sort of, um, all kinds of homeschooling moms. So if you're a homeschooling mom who has to work part-time or, you know, Mary Jo herself is a single mom and has had to work while homeschooling her boys. So she really tackles kind of every aspect and helps you bring things into to focus of what's the, what are the most important things right now in this season of your life. And if you haven't listened to Mary Jo on that interview we did with her, she is a podcaster on the network that we're a part of. Yeah, she On the Ultimate good Homeschool stuff. Radio Network. And uh, she has a great podcast called Flourish at Home. All right, we've loved talking about this topic. We hope it has caused you to ask a few questions and maybe start a conversation in your home or with your friends that homeschool. But we really hope this starts a conversation between you and us. So we'd love it if you would... Get on Twitter, get on Facebook, go to our blog, uh, write in the comments of this podcast or on any of our blog posts that we're going to put up regarding this topic. Email us. Just let us know you know, where you are in this or, or if you even have more questions, and we'd be happy to answer them. We'd be happy to, to tackle them. If there's something specific you want to know about or somebody you'd love us to interview or have on the air, just let us know. We'd love to do that for you. All right, Kenj, we've had a few questions come in from the Hurler Nation. And uh, one of them came from a listener named Judd, who wrote to us and asked this question. I'm home on short disability. Any tips for transitioning back to work? I'm expecting behavior issues with the kids. Right off the bat, thanks, Judd, for writing in. Uh, We've asked for questions, and we're really glad you asked. You know, this question to me, um, I... I just don't have any basis. I've never been at home for an extended period of time, so I can't say, oh, Judd, I've been through this. Let me answer it for you. However, this reminds me of times when there has been a major change 
in our family and things went cattywampus for a while and then we had to get back to reality. So the biggest one, and I'll bring Kendra in on this, is anytime we've had a pregnancy, you know, we've been through eight pregnancies, yeah. but there's always that transition time when mom is kind of down for the count, either on the front end, yeah, throwing up with you, or on the back end when you have a new baby and you're transitioning in and we're kind of getting used to it. Now, afterwards, when a baby's coming, you're just like, hey, we got a lot going on, people in and out of the house, meals being provided by other people, and we take a break from homeschooling, and this has been over five years now, so what's it look like when we come back into it? Well, it often looks like a period of transition, um, and I think you need to be prepared for that. You know, and that's okay. Like, this is another opportunity to really pour out grace on everyone. Don't expect day one to be like, woo, we went off and running. You know, it was exactly what we expected. Keep your your expectations realistic, Um, especially because I think when a dad's been home for a while, there's like a transfer of power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking also that um, be preemptive. Hey, dad's getting ready to go back to work. These are my expectations. And, And by these, I mean... These are our expectations. Um, and I was going to say, when you said um, show grace, I was thinking about just between you and your wife. Like, hey, you're going to be heading back to being, you know, a person in charge, primary person while I'm gone. Um, just like we've been talking on the show, here are my, here are the expectations. Yeah. And maybe have low expectations initially and then increase into that. But Judd, that's a great question. And that's the kind of stuff we'd love to hear from our listeners. We had a second question. Fletch, Stephanie Lovelace asked us to follow up on a question that she heard us talk about last night on a Google Plus Hangout that we were on with the iHomeschool Network, talking about homeschooling in real life. And we had brought up the fact that um, kids often in our home have pretended to do a subject kind of out from underneath our noses, and then you find out a month later that they have done nothing. (laughs) So, and actually it was another panelist on that hangout that, that brought it up. She said she had just discovered that her son had been pretending to do his math every day for a month. (laughs) And so we just kind of laughed because we've been through this. We've got five kids now, um, who have, who have pulled that at one time or another, five out of the eight, the top five out of the eight have pulled this. Yeah. We're just waiting for the next three. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now it's like a foregone conclusion. This is a success. And we're not, oh, five out of eight. No, we're expecting a full eight out of eight and maybe a couple of them to do it twice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so Stephanie's question here is, then what do you do when the kid hasn't been following the math curriculum? Do they have to do it all over again? Do you have to catch up? You know, um, yeah. Yeah, we've just, (laughs) you know, at the point at which you're caught, you go back to square one where you left off and you pick up the pace. And it's it's catch up or better yet, you're working in the summer, honey. You know, while the rest of us are swimming, you're doing math or right. you're doing whatever. Okay, that was the top four students so far. Our fifth had somehow avoided that. But the top, the oldest four kids, all four of them spent the summer doing schoolwork. Yeah. And they never did it again. No, Because and that was a bummer. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, we were consistent. Yeah. It was not like, oh, you'll be doing it this summer and then we forget about it. No, yeah. they did it that summer. They had to catch up because we were ready to move on to the next level in September. So yeah, that was it. And you know, it not I think initially when our first one pulled that, we were shocked. <gasps> what, you know, and then you question your parenting and how could they have lied well, to me? Well, especially back and... then we were afraid to probably tell anybody too because exactly. you know, we weren't homeschooling in real life. We were homeschooling in 
you know, in fake a facade. Life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, or, or somehow it showed that we, we had failed as parents, you know, by the time you get to the third one doing it, even the second, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what, dude, you, this is, this is one of those times where you're just gonna have to learn, you know, our sin always finds us out. Um, and cheaters never prosper. And, you know, all of those things, they're, they're truisms. That's why they're said. Um, and so here's the consequence. And so less less of us, you know, being shocked and mortified and, and wringing our hands over it and more just factual. Oh, bummer. You know what? You tried to get away with this. And um, so now here's the deal. you got to catch up. And I will keep the teacher's manual with me because that was one of our kids. One of our kids had just used the teacher's manual to do his work. Yeah, awesome. I mean... <laughs> great. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for that question as well, both uh, you and Judd writing in on Facebook. Um, If our listeners want to throw in questions like this, uh, what's the best way for them to reach us, Ken? We talk about this on every episode, but just in case someone's been in a hole until now. Yeah. On Facebook? Well, on Facebook, we're on facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. You can also fill out a little form that's like all official, you know, on the website, which is homeschooling IRL.com. Or you can email us directly at info at homeschooling IRL.com. And we're really happy to troubleshoot with you. We'd like to thank Grapevine Studies for sponsoring this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. Join us next time when we discuss, I love homeschooling, but I'm not a good teacher. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.